Oh yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Lightning Rod. The show about nothing. Well, we're lying. It's a show about hockey. But it is the show that never loses four in a row. Coming to you from Miami, I am Johnny Pipes. And I'm Gannon. We lost three in a row. Indeed we did. But the important thing is we did not lose four. I think it was the first time we've lost three in a row in a couple of years in regulation. Yes, it was not a good week, not a good time. But before we get into the depressing part, well, it's let's call it triumph and tragedy or tragedy and triumph. There was just a little bit more tragedy than there was triumph. But in order for you to triumph over your fear of talking to us, you can call us at 727-416-0613 and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. You can email us also if you want at the lightning rod one at protonmail.com. That's the number one. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at lightning rod pod. Again, you're speaking with Johnny Pipes and Gannon. And we're here to talk a little bit of lightning hockey. We are your one once a week little wrap up show, if you will. We can call it that. Something along those lines. So how are you doing, my friend? Uh, you know, normally my line is uh, I got no complaints, but I've got a couple complaints, but I guess we'll get into it a little bit later. Where did we leave off? Did we cover the Winnipeg game? We did. That was the last game we talked okay. about. The next game was the rematch of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals. And, um, well, I guess Calgary can come away a little bit happier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's a justification for them. I don't know. That was a flat, flat, and ugly game, my friend. It was, it was. But, you know, at least we've got the ability to fall back on that Calgary is a shit-hot team right now. Uh, they've got my vote for coming out of the uh, Pacific Division. They they look like they're the... Are they in the Pacific or they're the... Yeah, they're, they're Pacific. No, but they're shit-hot right now. Uh, again, it's kind of inexcusable to only score one goal and have a hat trick scored against us, even if it was Johnny Goudreau. A little bit easier to justify this game than uh, others will cover a little bit later. What were your thoughts on it? (laughs) Generally, that's only reserved for uh, when a bolt scores a hat trick, but I haven't played it in so long that I just wanted to dust it off, you know. But I don't hate Johnny Gaudreau. He's American. He is American, right? Yeah, he's from uh, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate the guy. I don't hate the Flames. I, I got nothing really against them. I, I guess for Canadian teams, they're uh, them and the Canucks. I'm okay with. Um, that was not a good showing. I tried to wash it from my mind with alcohol. It didn't really work all that well. They just something about this this trip. I don't know if they just weren't prepared. Like they just, or you know, I guess we'll see what happens. When we when we get home and start playing again, now we are we do have a game tonight to finish out this road trip against the uh, Kraken in Seattle, and it's funny because I got I'm on a little mini vacation here. I took today, tomorrow, and Friday off from work, and the reason I actually initially only took Thursday and Friday off because I wanted to watch the first two days of the tournament. Uh, you know, I actually watched the first four days of the tournament, which is like the best four days of sports all year, but. I was like, oh, yeah, so Seattle's, you know, we're, we're playing in Seattle. It's a 10 o'clock game, so I'll take Wednesday off too because my stupid-ass, like, Northwest schedule I can't understand, and so I, there was no game last night. The game is tonight, <laughs> so I took today off for really for no reason. <laughs> so that's why I'm having a beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yourself. I am. I mean, I, I'll take a day off anyways, but I was really, like, expected to, expecting to – stay up and watch three hours of hockey last night. And I did not. I I listened to classical music for three hours and played video games. <laughs> with that, uh, with the, was it the, I think it was the Oilers game. Yeah. That was on a uh, Saturday. Um, or when did the chi- time change? Was it Saturday? So time changes are always Sunday or Saturday night into Sunday morning. Okay. Okay. 
So yeah, it was the Oilers game, and you know, I got I got to wake up early in the morning, and I stayed up till uh, when did the game end? Let's say one, and I can't go to bed directly after a game. I'm all amped up, so I went to bed. Let's say you know one thirty or two. I got to be up at six. Nobody told me the time was changing. I didn't know I had to learn that for myself. So I I got shorted an hour of sleep while also staying up late for the game to watch a pathetic shelling of a loss. So I, I lost hard this weekend. Yeah, and we lost both games by the same score, four to one. Not good scores. Not good scores. No. Again, the, the the Flames one is a little bit more justifiable. I think they're a much, much better team than the Oilers are. Uh that that four to one loss to the Oilers. I've got a few things to say. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know not regarding hockey, but you will be happy to know that there is a bill going through Congress right now. I believe the Senate approved it, and I think, uh, or the Senate passed that I believe it's waiting on the House to pass it to eliminate daylight savings time in America altogether. I, I'd i be down. I know there's a couple states that don't do it. Yeah, so it's going to be gone. I don't think um, the reasoning to have it in America anymore is sound. So, I, uh, you know, yeah. Hopefully it's it's done. No more wacky sleep. Doesn't matter so much for people that are work Monday through Friday, but if you work like on a weekend, it sucks. Fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll do it. It'll do it. See, my my main hobby other than this thing is you know boating, and obviously you want to go boating while it's bright out. So you know, and most of the time I'm going after work. I get off at five. So the more the more daylight I have, the better. But on these cold mornings, I kind of do want it to be bright. But enough of that. Enough of that. Yep. So you have anything left to say about the uh, the Flames game here? So there was four four to one. We lost. We had one, two, three, four, five penalties. Two one. Steven Stamkos for roughing. Well, they have it listed twice. It looks like the same penalty. How many how many times are you ever going to see a penalty of Steven Stamkos for roughing? I'm going to assume that's the first this season, and probably going to be the last for I'd say probably the next season. There was also a um, a roughing penalty from Jan Ruda. Jan <laughs> Ruda as well. And uh, what other penalties? We got a high stick from Palat at the beginning of the game, a hooking from Sergachev, and then 35 seconds into the first period, a hooking call in Mikhail Sergachev. 35 mm. seconds in. That's got to be a record. I'm trying to think. No, I, I can't think of a penalty that happened quicker. That was also, this game, the Flames game, was also the return of uh, Bogo, I believe. That was his first game back. Am I correct? Uh, yes, you are. Yeah, that got a, a minus one for his, his troubles. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, he looked all right for missing, uh, what, a month and a half or so. Um, some pretty, you know, dogged games. Um, I thought he looked all right. You know, out of place a couple of times, but nothing to really, you know, that, that really stood out to me. The only goal scored was in the second period from Alex Kalorn, and uh, the assists were Ross Colton and Matthew Joseph. I don't even remember what the damn goal looked like. That's how bad the game was. <laughs> no, no idea. I just remember Goudreau, 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 Goudreau. Mm-hmm. All those goals, or the first two of the hat trick he scored were below the goal line, bank shots off of Vasilevsky, which, you know, super creative, and it's getting a lot more... Uh, prominent in the NHL players starting to do that bank shot. Um, but to have that done on you twice within 20 minutes, man, Vassie, uh, I mean, he, I get, I guess he found his weakness. So good, good on Goudreau. He wasn't as, he wasn't himself. Uh, Vassy wasn't himself. He had, he did face 32 shots, which is a lot. That's a lot of shots. I guess anytime you see a number over 30 for shots, that's uh that's a lot of shots. I'd say thirty is rather average, in my opinion. You think so? You think it, if you think forty would be high, like if it goes up to forty, I think thirty shots is a lot. I say forties when I start calling it a lot of shots. Well, you get face thirty-two, save twenty-eight, so not the not the best. Well, we'll 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 get done with the with the flames here. Let's here's the one you you have a lot to say about the Oilers. <laughs> Another four-to-one loss. Oh, brother! This one had a lot of shots in it, and um. Oh, I never well, yeah. thought I'd, yeah, I never thought I'd, <laughs> I, yeah, I really did not think I would say this at all this season. I didn't have high expectations, but holy hell, Brian Elliott was the best player for the Lightning that game. 
48 shots, 45 saves, 938 save percentage. That's pretty damn pretty damn incredible to be honest. He's only he's only gotten better as the season's gone on, I swear. You know, I, let's, you know, game 81, he might be the starting goalie going into the playoffs. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. Yeah, let's not uh let's not <laughs> jinx this, okay? <laughs> The last thing we want going to the playoffs is Vassy sitting on the bench. And that's the last oh, thing Vassy wants to. Well, in 2018, when the uh, the Capitals uh, won the cup, they started their back. They started uh, Philip Grubauer um, for the first two games of the playoffs because Braden Holtby. And I'm not saying this is going to happen or we're on pace for this to happen, but Braden Holtby he he wasn't playing his best hockey. Um, and then, yeah, so. Their backup, Philip Grubauer, now with the Kraken, he started the first two games, and I'm not, I don't think he did. No, he did not do well. I think he lost both games, and then uh, Holtby, he had the crease for the rest of the uh, rest of the playoffs, and he was white hot and couldn't get anything past him. We know, unfortunately. That's right. I remember the uh, final game of that series when I tried to uh, get rid of the jinx by changing my jersey during oh, yeah. during an intermission. Oh man, that that um. I think it was that game seven when Gord, he uh, fanned on that empty net that would have tied it up. Oh, all the all the hope just left my body at that point. I think it was game seven. It was either game six or game seven, both equally as crucial at that point. Looks like two goals here from Connor McDavid, uh, one in the first and one in the second. He did not get the hat trick, thankfully. Uh, one from Leon Dreisaitl and then an empty netter at the end from Kyler Yamamoto, and the only goal scored for the Lightning is Zach Bogosian from Corey Perry and Pat Maroon. That was 9.42 into the third period, and I have no idea what that goal looked like either because I watched this game from my memory as well. You know, I I liked this goal, and the only reason I can remember it is because it was kind of a a muffin. Um, You know, it, it was a... It was a decent shot, but I think any NHL goalie would prefer to have that goal. Um, but the reason I remember is because of the uh, the fiasco that happened afterwards. It, it, immediate, it, Bogosian didn't even get a chance to celebrate for his third of the season, you know, on his second game back. Good for him. But uh, punches started throwing. There, there was a little bit of a scrum. And um, it was Josh Archibald of the Oilers grabbed... Mikhail Sergachev and had him in a headlock up against the ice. Sergachev gets up, gloves off, and fucking hammers him. Did you see that? I saw him in the box. I think at this point in time, I had just tuned out, to be honest. <laughs> it's the only entertaining part of that game. Like, I, you know, if we have a pretty bad loss, I, I typically will not rewatch any part of that game. I won't watch the, the, goals that were posted afterwards you know even if we scored some but that i went back to because it was such a shit kicking you know it wasn't like a full-on square off brawl it was you know sergachev he was his, his face was being planted into the ice just after you know in, in the scrum after the goal and you know he gets up on his skates both guys uh, oblige each other with gloves come off and sergey he just took him to pound town well, good for Go him. back and watch it if you get a, if you get a chance. It, it it was brutal. It was reminiscent of that uh, Sabers game. It was yeah yeah that Sabers game a couple of years ago where he just manhandled the kid. Hmm. All right. Well, at least there was some kind of a highlight. Yeah, that and that's about all I got. Other than that, this game was anemic. It was pathetic. Uh, the biggest thing that really stands out to me about the game was the parade to the penalty box. Uh, I believe we had. Um, seven penalties on us yes yeah, seven penalties there there were some shoddy calls in my opinion i don't know if you caught the uh phantom elbow victor hedman gave mcdavid oh uh, did he get a crosby it, call he got a crosby call it was a body check it was clean you know hedman being six foot five six foot six um, obviously, you know, your, your arms are going to ride a little bit higher and you, you don't see Hedman throwing the body around a whole lot either. Um, and he knocked McDavid off of his feet. It wasn't a huge hit or anything like that, but it was enough to, you know, knock him off of his feet. Um, but if anything, his, his elbow, it was close to his head, uh, you know, uh, you know, high chest area. Uh, but it, it was as clean of a check as possible. It, it was just, you know, the refs got a bad look at it. 
he got two minutes for it, and I think they ended up scoring on that one. <sighs> Again, you can't blame bad refs for every bad loss, but that that one really stuck out to me in particular. There were a couple others, and honestly, the Lightning didn't even have the worst refing in the league this week. I got to tell you, this to me is the referee's fault. <laughs> So who would you say that are you are you referring to the Austin Matthews thing? Um I'm refer yeah there was a um there was a missed call there there were about 3 of them. I know people were super super angry uh in the Capitals versus Oilers game. Uh Oilers ended up winning that in overtime but uh there was a missed call or a a bad call or something. Uh, that led to the Capitals tying it up, sending it to overtime. Uh, but you know, luckily enough for the the Oilers, they they put a stop to that real quick. Um, it was I forget what the Matthews one was. I know he got the uh, he got suspended two games for that cross check to the to the neck of Rasmus Dahlin and uh, Gabe Landeskog of the Avalanche. He was he was pissed off uh, with uh, was it Wes McCauley? I think so, because he shafted us the week before. I don't know. I, I just know that we, we didn't even get the worst of it, and it was still bad. Yeah. It, uh, I got to tell you, this, to me, is the referee's fault. Yeah, that's well said, that. Phil. Yeah, exactly. Don't get me going on the officials. <laughs> yeah, and there's a Bobby the Chief Taylor there for you as well. Oh, man. Yeah, but, you know, seven penalties, I'll say five of them were deserved. Um, Even still, five penalties is way too much. I know the Oilers took four. And right now, the biggest glaring issue to me is the power play. We are 0 for 14, I think, on this road trip. It'll come back around. I think when they get home and start sleeping in their own bed again, they'll be fine. I would hope so, because how do you not score when you have... I would say the best power play on paper, maybe, uh, maybe the the Panthers and the the Avalanche probably have them beat, but I, I, top three power play in the league on paper. How do you go zero for fourteen? Uh, I don't understand it. the The Oilers penalty kill is last at home, and you you still can't get one past them. It's the yips, man. They just got the yips right now. I think uh, I think they'll be fine. It's a bad. It it's a bad time to have the yips. But you know what? Looking at all these losses, they didn't really lose much ground in the standings, which is kind of interesting, really. Yeah, I, would, I would have enough, thought after three in a row, you know, you know, somebody would have gained on you. And really, like I'm looking right now, you know, we're 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 down six points to the Panthers, which is like the equivalent of three games. And you know, we've got one point up on on Toronto. And we have a game in hand on both of them, so I think we'll be, Boston. They're they're coming up quietly. Yeah, they're 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 at seventy nine points. Um, we have a game in hand on them as well. Uh, I'm looking at their streak. Uh, this site doesn't have their streak. Well, anyways, I'm not worried about Boston too much. Yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be. More, I'm not worried. The only team in, that I'm uh, that I would be concerned about at all in the Eastern Conference is Florida, truthfully, because I think they're 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 starting to get that this is our year feeling. But they they need they need a little more heartbreak before they can do it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they're battling it out with Colorado for for the President's Trophy right now. So they're they're Colorado's sitting at ninety one points, and um, you know they're at eighty eight. So uh, that's a that's a that's a a little race going on right now. Meanwhile, we you know all we do is we just have these. Um, probably just a fuck around game. Yeah, it's just going to be nothing but those until the playoffs, and that's that's when this this power play, our magical power play, I think, will finally kick in because, you know, we've got more playoff experience in the last handful of years than all these teams do. So, mm-hmm. and you know, not that we're we're not we're not doing too great five on five either, but we do look better five on five, com- more complete as a team. Uh, than we do on the power play right now, and it's not even that the power play looks bad. They've actually they're they're getting chances a lot. Uh, I still think they should change something up. I think maybe they should put uh, the second unit out there sometimes if it's going bad uh, early in the games. I think they should start some of these power plays honestly. And if you're starting unit number two, 
you're kind of, you know, as the defensive team, the penalty killing team, you're kind of thinking, you know, they're not as dangerous as power play one with, you know, the two headed monster of uh, Stamkos and Kucherov on the wings there. Um, and I think teams may get a little complacent and you try to, if you got good possession time, try to squeak in, uh, you know, get, get Hedman out there, you know, switch off with Sergachev and one by one, you know, just try to do a, a mini, uh, sleuthy line change uh kind of catch them off balance and they don't have their uh you know top penalty killers on with them um it, it's something i would like to see but again i'm not in charge and john cooper is a whole hell of a lot smarter than i am don't sell yourself short but yeah you're right he's a lot smarter yeah. than you. <laughs> i'll be so humble <laughs> yeah i'm looking at the, these this whole list of power plays here they've got jan ruda got back back to back penalties uh, in the second period, so. Oh, 44, that's me! <laughs> Play it uh, twice. A roughing and a tripping. Um, let's, yeah, that's, that's a whole bunch. We only had, uh, let's see, we, we shot 32 times. Brian Elliott had 48. He is 45 out of 48. That's, yeah, so I see what you mean about, I still think 30, 32 is a lot of shots, but 48 is an exorbitant amount of shots. Oh, just, it's crazy. That, yeah, they're just they're just peppering you at that point. Mm-hmm. So he um no, he he was great that game again. He's only getting better every game he plays. Um you know, the, obviously he's not going to have a performance like this. Even if he did let in um was that fourth goal and empty net goal? I believe. Uh, I believe so. I I think I think it was. We'll pretend it is, but you know, three goals on 49 shots or 48 however many it was. What a stellar performance from Brian Elliott. Uh, he he gets my crown for the week. That's good. It's nice to have a, a solid backup and and one that's getting in a groove. Yes, the last goal was an empty netter at seventeen forty six. So there was quite a bit okay. of time with him out. That was the Yamamoto goal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like. I I find solace in knowing that I don't have to worry if like McElhaney's in net, uh, or or Louis Deming for that matter. Um, you know, the, at, at that or Max those Legacy, points, uh, Maxime, Max but Legacy. I, I don't worry if Elliot's in net. I, I feel like the team plays better in front of him. I know I've said this before, um, but I, I genuinely think the team plays better in front of him. Um, not this game, not this game. He had to bail him out. He he lived a day of Vasilevsky's life, bailing the team out constantly. Now that was the. Con- that was the uh, Oilers game, Oilers. so that was the second night of a back-to-back, or no, the first night of a back-to-back, and uh, the second night of a back-to-back was against the Vancouver Canucks. In comes the triumph after the X amount of tragedy that we had. Uh, this was a two-to-one victory, uh, not without its controversy as well. The uh, goals coming from Hedman and Colton in the first period, uh, both within roughly about the first five minutes, and then nothing happened until the third period. Not a lot of penalties in this one. Um, and uh, definitely some controversy at the end, or at least if you were to listen to Reddit, it was a bunch of controversy. Probably not to normal people, but Reddit's accessible. <laughs> no, this game, they came out strong. I don't. I, I haven't seen them play like that, and I'll, I'll say over a month, if not more. They came out strong. They looked the best they have on this entire road trip. I wish they could have sustained it, and a lot of it was due to Vancouver's poor play early. Um, I, I, again, I, w- I wish they could have sustained it, but it, it was a good change, you know, from coming out so weak constantly uh, to, to coming out strong like that. I, I was happy to see it. Um, so you're right. There were, there was some controversy in this game for both sides, I, I'd argue. Fassi does not lose that many games in a row. Like he doesn't lose, he he won't do it. Like he's he's just not he's not gonna let it happen. Hell no, no. He's just he's not gonna let it happen. I would imagine too that a lot of these Russian guys are probably having a lot of extra pressure on them right now mm-hmm. for external reasons not related to hockey. Um, so it probably would be a very difficult thing to do playing hockey as a Russian right now with all well, eyes. Did you see on what? You. Did you see what Dan Milstein said? I don't even know who Dan Milstein is. That's Nikita Kucherov's agent. I'm not sure if he's with uh, Sergachev or Vasilevsky, but 
uh, I know he he pretty much tenures all the Russians, uh-huh. and um, he he said something about you know players are having to take out measures of like a- extra protection. He he made his own PSA saying like separate the the man Putin from these Russian athletes, you know, especially if they're not like vocal about it as well. Just just they're they're getting death threats daily. Um, you know, it, I I would hate to find out if it was any. Anybody in our fan base sending death threats to, to Kucherov, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was some uh, still salty Canadians fans. Um, but that's just so unnecessary. They don't have to be dealing with this shit right now, and it probably is weighing on them. Yeah, it's 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 in the back of their mind, if not the forefront of their mind. I mean, the the mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're not a political show by any stretch of the imagination, but just separate these guys. You know, they play a sport in the U.S. They're more Americanized than probably a lot of Americans. Um, you know, and they're. They look at things like just to give you an example of something I just saw that is just we're getting into insanity range at this point. Uh, uh, Medvedev, who's a professional tennis player, uh, Dmitry, I think his name, Dmitry mm-hmm. Medvedev. No, no, that's that was the old president, Daniil, Daniil Medvedev. Um, there, England's saying if you if you don't denounce your president, we're probably not even going to let you play in Wimbledon, and he's like one of the top ranked tennis player like he would be a favorite in in the tournament and they're saying we might not even let you come in and play if you don't now you know we're not a political show we're gonna wax political here for maybe about 30 seconds but i'm just gonna tell you that like if i may or may not agree with anything our government does um but if i'm in a foreign country and i'm being grilled and i'm being told like hey you need to you need to denounce your leader like I'm probably not going to do it, whether I agree with him or don't agree with him. I could hate his guts, but I'm not going to do it because you know what? That's my home. Like I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So and why does it matter? Exactly. Like you could say, Hey, I think this sucks, but it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm really good at tennis and I want to come in and play tennis. This has got nothing to do with me, you know? So I would imagine that for these Russian players that we have they're they're just because a lot of them probably have, if not all of them, you know, family that are still there, you know? And so absolutely, they, they have to worry about them. So it's probably really hard for them to put full effort. And this isn't just guys on our team. There's Russians all throughout the league, you know? So it's a tough situation and, and I don't envy a single one of them for it. So knock on, no, did, knock did on you, wood that it, that it resolves sooner rather than later. Did you see um, Daryl Sutter, uh, coach of the Flames, he made a comment, or he was asked um, when they were playing the Capitals, um, and uh, one of the reporters asked uh, Coach Sutter, they said, um, do you expect a lot of... Uh, you know, animosity or, or, you know, booze in the building for Ovechkin because he he openly does support Putin, but he doesn't, you know, go on social media blabbing about it and whatever else. It, you know, it, it's just, you know, common knowledge. He's a, he's a Putin supporter. Um, but again, you know, he's not he's not like blabbing about it. And some people are extremely, extremely upset with Ovechkin right now. And um, so that's what one of the porter, reporters was asking Daryl Sutter. He's like, hey, do you expect any animosity or booze uh, from fans? And he said, no, I would hope not because we've got an amazing Russian on our team right now. Um, the, 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 these are just people. They're just people. Uh, they're great players and treat them like people, treat them like good players. They Just completely remove it. I forget the exact quote, but it was something, you know, really, really, really good. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs and – you know, you just think that this is something that people used to get upset about after 9-11 with, you know, same thing with like Islamic folks. So, you know, just separate, separate the people, you know, from, from the conflict and just understand that a lot of these guys have been in America for an incredibly long time and they probably have a lot of relatives over there and they probably don't have a lot of choice in the mm-hmm. matter. So they're, they're doing the best they can. And, um, you know, and that, and, and they're also getting paid a lot of money to play hockey and it's really difficult to focus and be at the top of your game when you have that kind of pressure on you. So, you know, here's hoping that, that, that these guys will, will get to relax here pretty soon and, and this will kind of go away. But either way, that, that's us. That that's our, that's our two to three minutes of, of serious talk. When we get back to fart jokes and hockey here, 
Uh, we love our boys. Yes, we do. And uh, so in this game, the only the only goal scored by um, Vancouver was by former uh, Tampa Bay Lightning member JT Miller, who I I still really like JT Miller. Uh, and I you know I wouldn't be upset if he was still a bolt. I think that's one of the guys they let get away that maybe they shouldn't have. But I think you would be upset if he still was a bolt. Why? Because we traded him for a first-round pick, which we ended up using to acquire Blake Coleman. Yeah, but they're, they're similar, though. They're, like, such similar players, I feel like. They are. Uh, JT Miller, he's a prick to play against. Um, you know, we saw that here in Tampa for a short while. I, I wish he, again, like, I wish he was with the team, but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think the right move was made. I'm not... I, I I was a huge Blake Coleman fan. I remember when we when we uh, traded for him, I went on my NHL video games and I put him on my team and everything because I I was a huge fan before he was a he was a bolt just because I knew he was again a prick to play against playoff style player and every goal he scored was a was a highlight real goal. Um, I will say that J T Miller he he is a much much better offensive player and he's still a gritty bastard to play against um you know as we saw unfortunately tonight um but yeah you know you're kind of splitting hairs at that point um i'm just happy you know we uh blake coleman you know he served his time with us and it's it's hard to say that that if we didn't win that cup we would have got completely fleeced on that trade a first round pick for jt miller Good luck doing that right now. He's kind of on the trade block right now, and his price will command a whole hell of a lot more than that. But um, I believe it was also kind of a cap move because they also acquired Barclay Goudreau. Um, so, you know, you had to get rid of one player to add two. And I, I would argue that those two players did more than what JT Miller would have done for us. Um, but again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm I'm happy with the result. Love to have him on the team. Well, there was a good minute after that trade for the first few weeks of it where he was outperforming Ryan McDonough. Like he, he was the sleep, oh, yeah. he was the sleeper like thrown in like a, the, the deal sweetener that the Rangers were even like why 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 would we do that? And the whole I think one of the reasons why they got him if I remember correctly was cuz he was incredibly good at faceoffs. And he ended up being very, very good, like doing more. It took McDonough a good while to get a groove on our team. I mean, he's amazing now. But at the beginning, he was kind of – he wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and JT was going crazy. Uh, yeah, so- I after that trade was made, uh, there were – I forget what the stat was. It was um, he had either 18 points in 19 games or 19 points in 18 games, either, or you're again, splitting hairs at that point. He's damn near a point per game. Um, and yeah, that, that was, again, it was kind of the throw in on that deal. I'm looking at Coleman's stats so far this year, he's got 28 points. So 13 goals and 15 assists. Uh, let's compare him to, uh, JT Miller so far this year has, uh, 24 goals and f- whoa, 24 goals and 49 assists. He's got 73 points. Holy smokes. Yeah, bro. He, he's the best player on Vancouver. So hands se- down. 73 against 28. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's quite the difference. Again, it also, you know, kind of comes into like where, you know, it, it was, I'm not going to say that JT Miller didn't fit in anywhere, but you saw him on, uh, you know, three different lines, and it was different every game. Whereas uh, Blake Coleman, you knew where he was going to be, and you knew who his uh, who he was playing with on a line. Um, a little bit more stability, I guess you can call it. But um, again, I'd love to have JT Miller, but. They're, they're, they're just different types of players. But, hey, did, did JT Miller score uh, any Superman-style goals? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, he did not. You are, <laughs> you are correct in that. So, you know, plus one to Coleman for sure. For sure. But, yeah, he scored the only goal for Vancouver. Um, there was some controversy in the game, as we said earlier, part of which was uh, the, the goal that he scored uh, very easily could have been called an icing. And I think, I a, think lot of, been. a lot of people were upset that it was not called an icing because uh, what the I don't know who was running back for us, but they quit on the play because they assumed it was, it was Eric Chernak. 
she, he, so he held up because he assumed it was going to be called, and then they they called it off at the last minute. And uh, the way that current icing works, they changed it uh, back in the mid two thousands. Uh, we have what's called hybrid icing. Um, what happened before hybrid icing? It was whoever gets to the puck first um, on an icing, uh, you know, gets the call. Uh, but there were too many injuries. Players were coming in full speed. You know, you got somebody right behind you. Um, you know, people were getting tripped into the boards or boarded or charged. Uh, just too many injuries with that. So they changed to the hybrid icing rule, which uh, it's the first player to get to the uh, face-off hash marks there uh, to avoid, you know, getting, you know, full speed close to the boards like that to avoid the injuries. Um, and... Under the hybrid icing rules, Eric Chernak was the first person to reach those hash marks. The puck did ring around to, um, was it? Who, who was Yeah, it was uh, Connor Garland. The puck did ring around to Connor Garland, but under the hybrid icing rules, Eric Chernak should have had that, and it should have been a icing in my mind. Mm, argue with me. I, I could be wrong. Uh, obviously, I'm biased, but that, that's my opinion. Well, there were a lot of upset people in the cesspool that is Reddit. <laughs> but then again, this is what happens when you and we'll, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later when we do our our new uh, our new segment that we'll debut tonight. Uh, but you know, also there was the uh, the high stick the high stick from Jan Ruda uh, that did not get called because it was a follow through, and there were a lot of upset people about that as well. Hmm. Well, do you think uh, Bobby the Chief Taylor was upset about it? Do you never ask a player or a coach the rules? They don't know it. It's a follow-through, you moron. It's been that way since 1940. <laughs> My favorite part of the entire night. <laughs> that was so good, man. I love when Chief gets off the rails like that. Uh, and I love that, that um, I saw you on a Twitter and you can see like uh, people put up pictures like uh, radio stations will put up pictures about who's going to be on whatever show and uh they had a picture of bobby the chief taylor because he was kind of come on and talk for like for a few minutes or whatever and it was him with his mustache and it looks ridiculous <laughs> like him and his mustache looks absolutely ridiculous. i'm so used to seeing him without one so yeah, like same. this like picture is probably like 20 years ago and so he's rocking his mustache and it looks ridiculous <laughs> it's oh brother yeah, I I like I like the chief. It's actually I don't hear him too often on there. I I think uh, it probably helps out a lot that they don't have to travel anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so now these guys can do it because it was whenever they were traveling, the um, the radio show would travel. Same with the TV guys. Um, it was Kaylee Chelios that would do the 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 color commentary with um, with Dave. Mm-hmm. She, she's the main color commentator now for the Blackhawks. So we heard her. Is she, yeah, the, is she, she's week. on TV. She's the TV person now. Yes. Yeah. So okay. um, good for her. Uh, when we played the Blackhawks last week, the it wasn't on um, ESPN Plus because they, they considered it a national game, but it was it was national because it was on the NHL Network. So mm-hmm. the ESPN Plus app didn't have it, so I couldn't wa- I couldn't pick my feed. So I had to watch it on NHL Network, and I had to watch the Chicago feed. Oh. And you know, it's honestly, it wasn't. I've heard worse. I like. Oh, there's plenty worse. I, I like Kaylee. I think she's good. Um, so it was nice to hear her again because I do remember listening to her on the radio with Michigan. Um, the the other guy sounds, you know, pretty classic. I do like his enunciations. Like I like his um, enthusiasm for both teams. Like it's not just for the Blackhawks. Like when when Vassy would make like an incredible save because he had that insane night, you know, where like that where he robbed like uh, P- Patrick Kane and he had those incredibly mm-hmm. incredible saves, and he was going like he was going nuts. Like it's a Chicago guy and he was going nuts. So that was cool to hear. You know, it wasn't like watching a Boston game or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I forget his name. It's Pat something. I don't even remember at this point. Um, but I love him. He he's a great play by play uh commentator. Um, I believe he's retiring at the end of this year, but uh, he, he I, I love the way he calls games. Yeah, that will probably replace him with someone that sucks. <laughs> that would be um, my first guess. Eddie, uh, Pat Foley, that's his name. Um, Pat Foley. Eddie Olchek, his uh, color commentary. Um, 
or before that. Um, I, I like Edzo. He, he's a great guy. He was a great player, but I, I'm not big on him. He's, he's not my favorite uh, color guy. He annoyed the piss out of me throughout every NBC playoff run. Like him, mm-hmm. him, and uh, the only, honestly, the only guys that came out of NBC that I was okay with, I like Liam McHugh. Um, he does a really good job now on TNT uh, being the, the kind of the ringleader to that circus, the pregame circus. Yeah. He does a good job there, uh, and I always like Keith Jones. I always thought Keith oh. Jones was really good. It's um, I, I, Milbury I didn't care for, and an old check, especially like whenever we were playing, and like he just – he would be calling things out that that he would he would swear up and down they were supposed to be penalties. They were nowhere near penalties. He would just say it, and this was for both teams. You know, I hate yeah Eddie Olchek. He he inter like me sorry, but he interrupts everybody. Everybody. He he just loves to interrupt uh, for things that are completely unnecessary. He's a horse racing guy, and he's just stick to talking about horse racing, and that's it. Like put him in there with. Uh, what, what, whatever, Nasty Alukin or whatever the the gymnast and the Johnny Weir like go have them stick with them, like just have them sit there and talk about betting on horses and shit. I don't need to be in hockey anymore. Like Keith Donnie. Jones, he uh he owns property in uh Ocala. Uh, he he his daughter she's a she's a horse girl and um they they got like a ranch there or something. So he spends the summer down here. So you're saying she looks like a horse? Oh my god. <laughs> No. Hey, you heard it here no. first, folks. Gannon thinks Keith Jones' daughter looks like a horse. He called her a horse girl. Oh, my God. Sorry, Keith. Please uh, let us know at Lightning Rod Pod, or you can uh, call us at 727-416-0613 and let Gannon know that you don't think that she looks like a horse. Name the episode uh, Horse Girl. We get some uh, Keith Jones' daughter looks like a horse. We'll get some clickbait views. I've been trying that every week. If people didn't, if people didn't click on wine, I think the, our our best episode so far has been wine moms, and people probably got in like, "There's this has got nothing to do with wine." That was my favorite title. <laughs> she didn't like muffin pizza. <laughs> I like wine moms better. <laughs> Personal opinion. Oh, so let's um move on here. The the uh, oh yeah, we have hockey to talk about. Yes, we did win that game two to one. Uh, next game up is tonight. We are playing against Seattle Kraken at the Climate Pledge Arena, otherwise known as, uh, formerly known as the Key Arena. Um, so we'll get to check in on our boy Yanni Gord and see how he's doing. So, what is a worse arena name? Climate Pledge Arena or Crypto.com Arena? So the Crypto.com Arena is, is it, no, this is FTX is down here. FDX is a crypto company because Miami is is now considered like the crypto capital of the country. Like it's the Mecca for, for crypto. Yeah, Miami is where all the mm. conferences are being held and everything. And so FTX, which is like the company that I think um, Tom Brady is shilling for right now, they um, they have crypt. They have FTX Arena, which used to be American Airlines Arena or something like that. What's which team has the Crypto.com Arena? It is formerly known um, as this little tiny arena called the Staples Center. Oh, it's in L.A.? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that sucks for them. Yeah. Yeah, they changed it like January 1st or something. So, like, you know, halfway through the season is weird. Yeah. Hey, if you like crypto, all for you. That's awesome. Um, We do, too, to a certain extent. We are on um, all of your podcasting 2.0 apps. So, if you want to give us some, some Satoshis, you know, Please do, but we're not gonna, you know, wax knowledgeable on uh, on how crypto works because we don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing against the actual, you know, cryptocurrency or anything like that. I just think crypto.com arena is such a bad name. But I, I can't yeah. I can't decide between climate pledge arena. It's so bad when you are so used to calling an arena by a certain name and then it all of a sudden changes and then you got to get used to it again. Like I I lived, you know, I've lived in Seattle for a while and I'm always used to calling the baseball stadium Safeco. You know, it's, it's Safeco is an insurance company, but you just get to know the place is Safeco. And, um, now it's, it's been T-Mobile park for like the last five, four or five years. And it's, I can't consider it like, it's hard. It's hard to think about as T-Mobile park because now everything is like pink. It's like that stupid T-Mobile pink. <laughs> I still hear people calling uh, Amelie Arena the St. Pete Times Forum. 
Yeah, it was the St. Pete Times Forum and then the Tampa Times Forum and then Amelie. And I didn't even know Amelie was a motor oil company when they took it over. I'm like, I didn't either. I've never, <laughs> I've been, never heard I've of never them. Been and I'm to like a, a car store. guy. Yeah, I've never been to a store and seen Amelie Oil. So like, uh, yeah, I've never, never bought it never. for a vehicle. <laughs> well, you know, th- thanks for uh, helping out the Lightning, I guess. I mean, it's lasted for a good while. Usually those contracts, I think, are for a pretty long time. For naming mm-hmm. an arena, they're, they're really long-term contracts. That's why you get used to it after a while. Yeah, they're anywhere from like 10 to 20 to 25 years or something. So checking in tonight on Yanni Gord. Let's look at his uh, numbers for this year. So he's played in 53 games, and he's got 30, 35 points. So 13 goals and 22 assists. That's not too bad. No, he's about on pace for, you know, maybe a little below pace uh, for what he'd be doing for us, you know, uh, on a much, much, much weaker team. I believe they're actually second last in the league right now. Poor team. Yeah, the Coyotes are above them. That's what a that's what a, an expansion team is supposed to be though. <laughs> like, exactly. People forget that after the Vegas debacle. I know they had such high expectations coming into the year, and honestly, right? You know, Vegas is in a wild card spot right now. They're in the second wild card spot in the West, and they're trending down. Yeah, let's see. They have sixty eight points, so they're fourth in their division. Like Edmonton is above them by two points. Wow. Yeah, they're fourth in their it, division, and uh, yeah, I don't even I don't have the wild card thing. It it's so backwards because the better their team gets on paper, the worse they're doing. Huh? Who's their coach? Right? Oh, is it, oh, it's the old Sharks coach, right? DeBoer. Yeah, Pete DeBoer. 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 He's a good guy, though. So yeah, we'll play Seattle tonight, and uh, now we're gonna move on to since we got about. 13 minutes left of our show. We're going to try something new and I'm going to call this segment. Uh, I don't know. We could use a good name for it. Um, I'm going to, for now, I'm just going to call it like comments from the cesspool. <laughs> um, if you have a better name for it, then uh, leave us a voicemail at 727-416-0613 or uh, hit us up on email. It's in the show notes. I'm going to read some comments from Reddit. Um, Is it bolts related? Yes. Okay. Yeah, these are all hockey comments. This is this is okay. kind of stemming from, um, from the controversy in the Vancouver game, and you know someone had posted a video of uh, you know Bobby the Chief Taylor, uh, a clip of of that, of course. It's a follow through, you moron. It's been that way since 1940. Yeah, we love it because we're gets Bulls me every fans. time. Yeah, it's it's great. But yeah, just, let's listen to. Some of the things that some uh, some other teams fans get to say. Let's see. Honestly, not surprised. Tampa lacks any class. You'd think after three cups they'd develop some, but they haven't. This is from a Calgary Flames fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you lack class with a classless comment. I love it. And uh, but of course, the majority of people on Reddit because they're 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 morons on this show, like Chief would say. Um, they don't even realize that these aren't. Even, this isn't even like the TV announcers. Like, these are the radio announcers. Exactly. Yeah, this is not even on. This is not even on TV. So, like I've said before, radio broadcasters are allowed to be as biased and belligerent as they want. TV, that's different. That's different. Radio, again, be be a homer. I'm almost certain, and I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain that the radio announcers work directly for the team. They are paid by the team. I uh, yes, I, I believe you're right because, you know, it's, it's lightning radio, uh, but the TV, um, you know, you know, just television so much more deep and lucrative than, than radio. So you've got, you know, mega corporations that hold all the rights to everything. So, uh, yeah, I believe, you know, Dave and Brian, they're employed by Bally. Yeah, they're, so that's a TV station, they're TV talent, but lightning radio they're they, they're the actual like Michigan is paid by the lightning. The producers are paid by the lightning and then it gets syndicated out to a radio station. They have, they provide the feed and the radio station plays it. So yes, they're, they're paid for by the team. And so they're going to be homers for the team. Here's another comment from a flareless person, meaning uh, they're not displaying what team they're fans of, but it says you'd almost think it was the Boston TV announcers. (laughs) So Let's That's just, just rude right there. Yeah, and let's like set aside the fact that these guys aren't on TV. 
And yeah, so that's another one. Here's a, oh, here's a good one from a Toronto fan. Seems refreshing. I'd watch games commented on like this. See, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. So, well, have you ever listened to a Toronto broadcast? Uh, I've not listened to a Toronto broadcast, but I—I I mean, I think if you listen, I think if you watch any TSN game, you're essentially listening to a t- Toronto broadcast. Because <laughs> aren't—I mean, aren't they just shills for everything in Toronto, anyways? Well, that's the say T. TS- that's the T. TSN stands for Toronto Sports Network. But that isn't that what it is? Oh, maybe I don't know. I'm fairly certain that's actually what it is. I mean, they're just Fuck, I don't know. they're just ESPN with a different logo, but. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Another one not not displaying what team they're a fan of. Has this guy ever been on a bench? He has no idea what the coach is asking the ref about. The number of times I've seen a coach call the ref over after X call and then rip him on Y reasons is hilarious. Like, ref won't come to the bench in the first about a miscalled faceoff location. You best believe hockey coaches are petty enough to wait until the third period when ref comes over all smug to explain a call he got right, only to have the coach say, I don't give an F about that. What the F were you doing in the first period there? Yeah, so basically the first part of the comment is what's great. Has this guy ever been on a bench? We're talking Bobby the Chief Taylor. Yeah, no bench, yeah. No bench time at all. <laughs> no, no, it's not like he was a goalie for the Chicago Blackhawks. No, that never or the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, that never good, happened, no. Here's a good one from a Detroit Red Wings fan. Tampa announcers are just as insufferable as their fans and players. Imagine that. <laughs> from the Red Wings. Your your arena is named after pizza, dude. <laughs> the Pizza like, Palace. Yeah, like Little Caesars Arena, the Pizza Palace. Like you're named after a company that sells their pizza for $5 and they don't even like they make it already. Like you got to go and buy it already made. Dude, I'll tell you what that um the Detroit broadcasters, uh, Ken Daniels and uh Mickey Redmond they are actually some of my favorite uh, non-lightning broadcast teams uh, in the league. I, I actually really do like them. They've both been around for forever. And, you know, they're, they're, they're guys that'll, you know, just, you know, shoot the shit in the middle of the broadcast. They're not, you know, super uptight like a Sportsnet or TSN broadcast may be. Like, they're, they're, they're loose. They've known each other for, been doing it for years. I actually really like their broadcast team. But again, this was a radio call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But even our guys kind of went after him a little bit, but that's because we have some pretty terrible uh, Reddit fans, to be honest. I'm actually going to post this link on Reddit, and hopefully, uh, I mean, none, none of them listen to this anyways, so who cares? <laughs> no, they're, they're shitty fans of every team. Yep. i got to ask you, who is your favorite uh, broadcaster duo, um, or, or just, you know, play-by-player color that's not with the Lightning or you know, hasn't been. Well, I can't really say much for hockey because honestly, I don't really watch a lot of hockey games outside the lightning, okay. but I will say that in general, um, in sporting in general, um, my two favorite, my, my favorite team in all of sports is, uh, our TV play, uh, TV guys for the Rays. So it's, um, Dwayne stats and Brian Anderson, uh, Dwayne stats is, Man, he's got to be close to 70 at this point. He is about as a classy, a classy a guy as you can get in the booth, and he's very old school. Um, listening to him is like, you know, watching a, a – you really get the history of the game, like listening to him. But, he's, but then Brian Anderson is like it, – so it's basically like an Abbott and Costello routine, essentially. Okay. So like Dwayne Stats is like the straight guy. He's the older kind of like he knows he's, – he's calm – um, he's very dry. And then Brian Anderson is like the punk rock guy and he's making jokes about everything and listening to the two of them go together is brilliant. So that's baseball. And now you get, you listen to a lot more of the announcers when it's baseball, because there's so much down, mm-hmm. there's so much downtime. It's such a slow game. So you really can get into the announcers a lot more and they have, and also, so, you know, you think of hockey and like Randorf and how fast he has to go and how Michigan, how fast they have to go because the puck moves so fast and it's just like nonstop action. So they got to be calling it like crazy. Baseball's so slow. So they have to fill up so much time with talk. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a skill and how well you can do that. And so I know if, uh, people that listen to this show might not watch a lot of baseball, but if you do watch some baseball, like listen, listen, listen to our guys for the Rays because they're brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant. I'll give it a shot now that baseball's back. 
It is indeed. And, and you can thank me because I was calling it out on our last show and then they didn't even come to a deal like less than like eight hours later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then let me ask you this. If you got to interview or hang out with either Brian Engblom, Bobby, the chief Taylor or Rick Peckham, who'd you choose? Probably Engblom. Cause I think he's, I'd identify with him a little bit more. The other two I'd be worried about, you know, how late are they going to stay up? <laughs> like, I think, I think Engelbaum's a partier. He seems like it. Yeah, that, that was going to be my answer too. I, I've loved Brian as long as he's been with the, uh, with the lightning or Valley or Fox sports, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's always been my favorite, you know, Rick Peckham, he, he holds a special place in my heart, but yeah, it, it's gotta be uh Engelbaum for me. For sure. For sure. Well, we are almost at the one hour mark. Let's get ready to wrap this bad boy up. Um, let's get some other news here real quick. We did talk about baseball coming back. Spring training is about to start here. Essentially. Well, it's basically already started. Um, they are going to get the full season in, which is amazing. We are um, also on uh, Freddie Freeman watch. If you are a Tampa Bay Rays fan, as of this moment, he still has not uh, made a decision as to whether or not he's going to sign with Tampa or LA or Boston or San Diego. Um, if he does sign with Tampa, that would be probably the biggest free agent signing that the team has ever made. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that we used to not spend money at all. And now all of a sudden we've gone from giving the biggest contract out that we've ever given to our kid, Wander Franco, uh, and possibly signing a former National League MVP to first base. Like that would just be insane if we did that. So that's uh, some baseball news. Also, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, uh, Tom Brady did decide to come back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for another season. I think that's awesome, but I also am a little um, hesitant, if you will, because I just don't want us to uh, turn into the Green Bay Packers where Brett Favre every single year is going, yeah, I retire. And then, no, I'm not retired. Yeah, I'm retired. No, I'm, no, I'm not. So... Hey, great. We're going to be competitive with him on the team. Hopefully Kyle Trask gets to sit behind him and not third string. And that's really all I got to say about that. But we are making some pretty cool uh, free agent moves uh, for the Bucks. We signed Shaq Mason from the New England Patriots. He's an offensive lineman. He's going to take the place of Ali Marpet, who just retired. Uh, and we'll probably draft another offensive lineman in the draft. And we also signed um, a free agent wide receiver and Russell Gage who played for the Falcons. And he is also very good. So I heard he's a pretty underrated player. He is. He is. I mean, he was overshadowed by Julio Jones for a couple of years. Um, he played very, very well last year. Um, he's going to be our, you know, W WR three. Um, he'll be probably be WR two until Chris Godwin comes back. Uh, but he's a damn good player to have for sure. Like that's not something a, a Bucks fan should be upset about by any stretch. We did. On the losing front, we lost Jordan Whitehead, who is a safety. He's going to the New York Jets. That sucks. I think that kid's going to be a star in a couple of years. Chasing the money, baby. Can't blame him. Yeah, we, we, we're we we're up against it. I mean, I think mm -hmm. technically right now we're over the cap. I think they have to be under the cap by this afternoon. Because the new league year starts today, I believe. Mm. They're going to yeah, do all kinds today. of creative accounting and all this kind of shit. They do it every year. So I'm not too worried about it, but we are... Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do in the draft. I think in the first round, we'll probably go for an offensive lineman. Hopefully they should go well, whoever the best offensive lineman slash defensive lineman, one of the two, whichever one is best out of those two, but those are the two things that we need. So that's your bucks news. And yeah. before you wrap, before you wrap, Yo. um, there are, I do, I do have like one or two more notes. Uh, the lightning did sign today, a college free agent by the name of a uh, deck Declan yeah, Declan Carlisle. He's a left-handed defenseman uh, from Merrimack College. Uh, signed him to a two-year entry-level contract. Uh, as of right now, I picture him uh, probably sticking the rest of the year out with uh, with his college team, and I'd say sometime next year. Uh, probably is going to report to the ECHL until they can slot him in somewhere in the AHL. Young guy. Uh, apparently, he's got some promise to him. Uh, we do, you know, we, we've got our left side defense 
sturdied up. It's not going to be he, you're not going to see him on the team for years, I'd bet. Um, so that's just a quick note from there. And um, also, the Lightning have been linked to two possible players. Uh, their uh, Julian Breesbois is going to be hunting for uh, come the trade deadline, which is March 21st. Um, so Monday. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll I, I would hope we have some moves coming up, but the players that we've been linked to is Callie Yarncrook, who we will see tonight playing for the Seattle Kraken. He's great on faceoffs. He's got one of the best faceoff percentages in the league. Um, really underrated player, uh, kind of stifled right now playing on a shitty Kraken team. Um, the other one is uh, Vancouver's Tyler Mott, who I know a little bit more about. Um, he scored a beautiful between-the-legs goal on Vasilevsky you know, when we played them at Amelie earlier this season. And he's got a pretty stomachable, uh, I think it's a $1.25 or $1.75 million cap hit. So um, who knows what we would send in return, but that's per David Pagnota. Uh, he's a trusted insider. He's a uh, writer for the fourth period. Um, you know, really, really trusted insider. So he's, he's been, you know, said that Tyler Mott linked to Tampa right now. But you got to think, you know, according to Cap Friendly, we have zero dollars in cap space. Uh, so you have to assume that there's going to be players moving the other way. Uh, otherwise, it's literally impossible to to make that move. Um, I really wonder who it's going to be. I've heard people saying Cal Foot, which I would I'd scream. I, I hope he sticks around. I've heard Bogosian, which I'd be sad, but uh, I, I'd rather see Bogosian go than Calfoot. You know, we know what Bogosian's ceiling is as Calfoot is, you know, st he's, he's still developing. Uh, but the uh, what, how you got to look at it is we're all in again. You know, you can't kind of mortgage your future when you're trying to win now. So it, it honestly does kind of look like Calfoot, but, um, I'd rather see forwards move. I know Taylor Radish makes league minimum. Same with Boris Kachuk. Um, I, it, it all depends on, on how the deal works out. But I think Tyler Mott, let's focus on him for right now. He is a hell of a player, as we saw against us. Um, I'm not, I think he only scored that one goal. He may have scored another against us. But um, a wicked, wicked underrated player that could slot in perfectly in our bottom six somewhere. Probably somewhere on that third line. But, again, it's about making the money work. Have you heard of uh, Connor Bedard? I have not. He is the next Connor McDavid, supposedly. He's supposed to be better than Connor McDavid. He's shattered his junior records in the, in the CHL um, but by a long shot. He's producing. He has that exceptional status uh, that I was talking about a couple weeks ago. Um, he, he is... Connor McDavid plus, if that's even possible. At least that's what he's being hyped up to be. Um, I mean, the the kid is unreal. You should you look up Connor Bedard highlights, and he will blow your friggin' mind. But he says that his favorite player in the NHL is Tyler Mott, no which, which really says something. If you know the the new Wunderkind phenom, uh, you know, to be drafted in the next couple of years is saying his favorite player in the NHL is not Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, Kucherov, Vazzy, nobody. It's Tyler Friggin Mott. That that tells you something. So that's if we got him, I would be super, super, super happy. I, I don't think we should go for something on defense. I think we got four solid right-handed guys. Um, Hopefully the left side can stay stay healthy because I don't know who would slot in if McDonough, Sergachev, or Hedman, uh, you know, came out. They'd probably put you know a foot or Bogosian. Uh, they'd slot in well, but you know, no, no other left-handed guys. So yeah, I, w I would love to see a bottom six forward like Tyler Mott or Callie Yarncrock. Um, but yeah, Tyler Mott. That that's a, that's who I'm fever dreaming for right now, and I'd love to see that happen. See, so he's got 15 points, so seven goals, eight assists in 46 games. He's a plus five. He averages about 14 minutes per game on ice. So it's not a lot of uh, not a lot of points, but then again, that's not a really great team. They were struggling for a really long time, so I don't know. Yeah, and he he has offensive offensive weapons. I'm not entirely sure, you know, what his you know strong suits are, 
but he he has an upside. He you know he hasn't reached his his potential quite yet. I don't think he, he he's a younger player and he's been pretty consistent with Vancouver. I know he, he's never really been in like trade talks until recently, but that is somebody I w- I would just go nuts for. Sweet. Well, here's hoping that uh, they make a good deal, and I would like to not see Calfoot go. I think he's going to be good at some point. I would like it to be for us. But you know, the kid's got to have to play first. You got to actually play the mm-hmm. play the kid in order. We're to all in. Good. So, anyways, so anything right, else? Uh, anything else before we uh, call it? I think we're done here. Sweet. And you can. I rambled on long enough. You can call us and uh, leave us a voicemail and and uh, and call us morons if you want. Seven two seven four one six zero six one three. We'll play it on the show. Uh, you can email us at the lightning rod one at protonmail.com that's the number one or you can hit us up on twitter at lightning rod pod for gannon i am johnny pipes we will catch you again next week peace out